Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Power of agreement. Um, two, two weeks ago, when we were, I think it was two weeks ago, we were at the, at the shelter house at the, at the Forest Park, and we shared the amazing story, just kind of uh, the timeline of events on how God set things up for the big miracles that he's given us to get us ready for the building that we're going to be moving into soon. And we've been calling this journey the Nehemiah Project. Um, Nehemiah Project because it requires stepping out of faith. It requires uh, the, the provisions and the favor of the Lord to, to get all the things that you need to make it happen. And then it requires the people banding together um, to do the actual work of it. And that's what, exactly what we have felt like God's doing here. It's not just about a building, but it's about creating a, a habitation for overflow to actually root down in and, and continue with our vision and our mission in a, in a home. And, so, and that's what Nehemiah did with the walls. It wasn't just about a wall. It was creating the home for the people of God so that they could... Um, fulfill all the things that God had promised Israel. So, uh, you know, we, we've been sharing a lot of messages lately about just God, how he's been intricately and prophetically involved with this journey to get to where we are now. And if anybody's watching and you don't know, um, we, we recently launched a Nehemiah Project fundraising campaign, and we were aiming for $55,000 to get enough money to cover um, all the renovations that's going to go into this building. And uh, God lavishly came through, honestly, in the nick of time in some ways. And that, that was one of the details that I shared that last time was not only the, the amount of money that came in was prophetic and, and, and powerful, but the timing of it uh, was so needed because we were on the brink of feeling like this thing was about to collapse. And God's like, hey, I'm bigger than that. So if you didn't hear that message, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to it uh, because it's so powerful. But what I want to talk about today with the power of agreement, um, I'm going to start off just by sharing just a, just a brief moment about how the power of agreement helped us as a board of directors um, to get through all the hurdles and the hardships uh, that as we were trying to lead the church through that time as well. Uh, and I mentioned this a little bit in that message, um, but one of the key phrases that I kept bringing up uh, that, were, that was important along the way was how the board of directors um, had to pause and do the prayer of agreement. All right, there's, the, there's that word, the prayer of agreement. Um, I hear my daughter singing, which is awesome because that's just providing background music for this glorious moment. Thanks, Livy. <laughs> I, sometimes I get distracted with the kids, but I love them a lot. Um, we, th- some things I want to just talk about with, with agreement that's so important, because agreement is a word that really has to do with unity, and unity is crucial in the kingdom of God. God needs to see unity in the ways that he wants to come through for us. Um, as a board of directors, by the way, um, the, the, the meetings that we've been having a lot that's been with Jessica, myself, Josh Starbuck, Jasmine Celio, and Seth Tompkins. 
And so we've had lots of meetings with them. We've met with online with Steve Backlund a few times who's spoken into this and he's, he's included his unity in what we're doing. But one of the things that we really aimed for as we've had to make some really hard decisions along the way was that us trying to protect our agreement with each other was even more important than the decisions that we were gonna make. So we, we needed to protect our unity. Um, that was more important than the accomplishments. I mean, in the big picture, like a building's a building. You know, money is money, but, but relationships are eternal, okay? And there were, there were times when, when aiming to protect the unity and the agreement, it actually stretched us way past our comfort zones often, didn't it, guys? Way past our comfort zones. Um, there were times when some of us might have been, and it, and it was very the person based on the moment, but when somebody might be ready to make the, the leap of faith, but they had to put that leap of faith on hold until the other, others were ready to do it. And so it means like laying down my, my eagerness or their eagerness um, to make sure that we're all on the same page together. There were times when it meant that we had to process um, anxieties and concerns or fears that we might have had about huge things that maybe was a little past where our faith levels were and being intentional to care for one another through that process as well. Um, and so the, sometimes unity can affect the speed of things as well. But let me say that the unity that, that can stay protected is more important than getting that thing done. Because if you get it done, but you get it done with broken relationships or you get it done, but, but, but some people are frustrated or not in a good place in their heart, was it worth it? No. And so I, I honestly think as a church that we should actually give the board of directors a huge hand, honestly, for doing such a great job of protecting unity and, and moving forward in great faith, but doing it well together. So why don't we just give them a hand as well? It's been amazing. One of the things that we just made sure that we always were able to do by the end of each meeting was, was be able to come to a place where we can pray together in agreement. We didn't, we didn't have to pray to try to convince or pull somebody's teeth or anything like that. Like We always got to a place where we could lift up a prayer to the Lord and, and there's agreement on it. I want to read the verse that is so powerful that, that talks to this. It's Matthew 18, 19 through 20. And this is Jesus. He says, again, I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. I want to just pause, think about that verse, that I think that when Jesus said that, that God foresaw the year 2020, <laughs> and, and he saw how much amazing unity would be in our nation right now. Everybody's all happy because we all agree on everything together, right? Is that, is that what we're all experiencing in 2020? Everybody's in agreement, and, and which is absolutely not true at all. And uh, I, I think that maybe when Jesus said that, he was looking forward, he saw what was happening in 2020, and he was, so, he was almost like desperately like, if I can just get just two of you, to agree just on anything, 
on anything. I'll do it. <laughs> like it, like it's just like it's it's like so hard to get just anybody to say I agree. Let's let's go after that because there's just so much disarray and, and disagreement everywhere. And I'm kind of joking about that. Honestly, I think that there's always been this problem in the world. Um, but but Jesus is like if any two of you can come together in agreement, then my Father will do it. And and it, like I think. The, this is a huge thing that he's saying there. Um, I want to I wanna repeat something together real quick. I, I want you guys to repeat something. I'll tell you when. I'm going to say this verse again. He says, again, I say to you that, if, you, that t- if two of you agree on earth, everybody say on earth, on earth, concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Everybody say in heaven. So let's say this, on earth, earth, in heaven. heaven. And we have this phrase that says, on earth as it is in heaven. All right? And Jesus taught us how to pray in Matthew 6. And and one of the things he taught us to pray is to pray to the Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so now Jesus is saying that if two of you agree on earth, concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's kind of a huge thing. On earth as in heaven. And he's saying agreement with each other in the prayer is how you get those things that, that should be happening from heaven onto earth. All right. So, so the agreement, the unity, is a real key piece to, to on earth as it is in heaven. All right. <clears throat> agreement brings hearts together in unity. It brings wills together going after the same thing. All right. Um, this is way bigger than a dad who is just happy that his kids are getting along and he wants to do something nice for them. All right. This is Jesus is saying, my father, he's talking about Yahweh, the creator of heaven and earth, Yahweh, Adonai, Elohim, the, the Jehovah. He, it's, it's the mighty God, the creator of the universe, who, has, who contains all power within himself. That he wants to release the resource of himself, of his dunamis power, his mighty provisions into our lives if we can just simply come together in agreement. I think that's pretty amazing. Do you guys think that's pretty amazing? <clears throat> He's, God's willing to move heaven on our behalf if he can just see people coming together in agreement. I think that's pretty huge. So Jesus said that, that where two or three, I think some translations say, or more, so it's not limited to two or three, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. That's huge because... He's not just saying that you can, you can just ask anything you want. Well, hey, will you agree with me that God will provide me with a Lamborghini? Because I saw that yellow one down the way when I was driving my minivan, and I realized I was just in a minivan. I wanted that thing. Will you agree with me? That actually happened one time recently uh, for me. I didn't realize, I didn't remember I was in my minivan until I passed a yellow Lamborghini. And I was like, oh, God, now I remember what I was driving. And uh, 
I don't think that Jesus is saying that. I don't think he's saying, like, create anything that you want, and God will do it for you if you just have somebody who can, who can agree. And I'm not saying he won't either, by the way. I'm just saying that what he goes on to say is if they're gathered together in my name. So there's, there's this thing about joining with people in the name of Jesus. It, it's coming together in him. And so when we're in agreement with everything that's contained within the name of Jesus, everything that's contained within, uh, within heaven, because Jesus said to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we align our will with his will in heaven in agreement with a brother or sister, then that actually creates a, a place for, for the grace of heaven, for the power of heaven to be released to us. And, and Jesus said, when two or three are gathered in my name, I'm going to be standing right there in the middle of where they're at. And that blows my mind. Because as an individual, if we have Christ, he actually lives in us. And so we're all like individually inhabit, or we're, we're habitations of God's presence. And I, I love that. But there's something super powerful when two or three people who are habitations of God's presence and they come together in agreement in his name. He's not just in you. He's actually in the middle of your agreement so that he can accomplish the things that we that we ask for and we pray for. It's powerful. The power of power of agreement. I've found that that when there's faith and there, there's like-minded faith coming together, praying for the same outcomes. God moves in powerful ways that I've seen him move way beyond that in that way than some of my own personal prayers. It's, it's, there's something that's pretty crazy awesome about it. <clears throat> there's a lot of disagreement in the body of Christ, and, and that breaks God's heart. I think we all know that. But instead of focusing, when we get around other believers, instead of focusing on all the things that we disagree with, and you can scroll through Facebook for 30 seconds and see about 50,000 disagreements about something, whether it's political or, or whether it's religious. Um, but, but Jesus is not looking for how we can prove that we're right and they're wrong. He's looking for how can we find something that we can link our hearts and our minds together with in, his, in the name of Christ that creates a place where he can come and land on it and bless it, okay? He can bless it. So we need to focus on those things because unity creates a place for grace and blessing to land. And the more that we can agree on in his name, the more we're going to experience his manifest presence in our midst. So the more things that we can find that we can actually enter into agreement on, and I don't just mean, I believe that and you believe that, that's this. No, I'm talking about it actually takes a, a proactive connecting of heart and, and engaging faith together and looking to the Lord together for that thing. It doesn't happen passively. It happens by faith engagement together. The, the more we can come into agreement with people, looking to the Lord in faith, the more he will be manifested in our midst. And I, I believe that the more that we see these things happen, the more we're going to see the breakthroughs of heaven busting through to the earth in the area that we're coming into agreement on. Can I hear an amen? amen. And I'm believing, I'm hearing it from the camera too. <clears throat> so my, my grandpa cup, 
um, he passed away, I think, back in, in 2005 or six. Um, and, uh, but he, he was an amazing man. He, he's always been a strong Christian. Um, and, and I just I miss him a lot. He's been an inspiration to our whole family in a lot of ways. Um, I, I want to say that, that agreement and unity, first of all, I want to say this, that it doesn't mean that we have to line up with everything in all of life. Like, it's, it's important to find the things that we, that we can agree on. And, and Grandpa, as amazing of a Christian as he is, there, there was some times when all of our family saw um, him not being super agreeable about things, and mainly when it came to politics, because he was, he was a strong Democrat, and my dad and my aunts were strong Republicans. And my goodness, I remember some tense, it felt like we were in a pressure cooker sometimes in the, in the house. Um, but those conversations didn't happen often, mainly because people knew what would come if it got brought up. So they just kind of agreed to just avoid it at all costs. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But, but so my, the reason I'm bringing that up is because it doesn't mean that we have to line up on every single thing for this power to be effective. It just, what it has to do with is um, our choices of what we're focused on. And, and why, am, why am I bringing my grandpa up? Because of this. Grandpa doesn't come from a Christian background that, that's really focused on uh, the supernatural side of God. Not focus, they don't focus on uh, the gift of healing and the gifts of miracles. I think he actually struggled with those things a lot. But one thing that he had that I remember so strongly is that he had a strong revelation on this verse that we just read and about the power of the agreement of prayer. All right? He, he had such a strong revelation that Jesus would come into the midst of two or three or more people who are gathering together in agreement in his name, that what we pray, he'll do it. And, and he saw lots of miracles and healings actually happen by approaching it that way. I, I believe that Jesus really wanted my grandpa to have a healing and miracle anointing in his life. And so he found whatever way he could to sneak it in so that it could, he could actually manifest that power in his life. But I got to see him function from the revelation of that verse many times and the power that comes through it. And one of the times was when I was a little kid, um, my, my cousin was diagnosed with leukemia. I don't remember how old she was. I want to say maybe, maybe around six years old or something. And she got diagnosed with leukemia. And, and so my grandparents, um, they decided, actually, they found out the day that my, my great uncle passed away. And so it was my grandpa's brother. And after the funeral, I think it was either after the funeral or after they visited. I don't remember if it was on the funeral day or the day he passed away. They, they packed up and they, they drove down to St. Jude's Hospital. And they spent two weeks with my aunt and uncle and, and my cousins so that they could pray over Tiffany every day. And they, they gathered around the bed and they held hands and they prayed over every day in the, the, the prayer of agreement that Jesus would heal her. Guess what? She got healed of leukemia. <laughs> it's amazing. A man who, who 
had problems with people having healing ministries, but yet because Jesus had revealed to him the prayer of agreement has power on it, he saw leukemia get healed in my cousin. I think that is profound. I remember in 2001, I was getting ready to move from here, from Indiana to Tennessee, and I was going to move in with my cousin Rachel and her husband Steve at the time, and uh, I was going to live with them for a few months just to kind of get myself transitioned, um, and they were just kind of, they are giving me a transition time, a safe place to live. Obviously, I needed to find another place, which I was kind of a bum at that time and didn't quickly do that because I was comfortable there, but... I, that's that's a whole other story that Jesus had to knock knock sense into my head. But I was a little concerned going there because they had several cats, and I've always had cat allergies. By the way, I, I think that Jesus probably in, he probably created the first cat after he kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden. I think he had dogs before that, but uh, but cats. I think that they came. When the, when the weeds and the poison ivy came. But that's just my opinion. Um, but I, I've always had, I, probably I got scarred when I was a kid because I used to taunt them and then they started like scratching the heck out of me and put uh, fear in my, in my heart. Maybe, I don't know. I've, I've dealt with those fears. But, but I had cat allergies really bad. Like, it, I mean, it would make me, it make my head swell up. I'd get itchy in my throat. I'd be, I'd be like sneezing all the time. My eyes get itchy. It's miserable. Uh, just another reason that cats shouldn't exist. I'm just kidding. Sorry, Celios. I know you guys love cats. And you love cats. I love you guys. I do. I, I don't love your cats, but I love you. Yeah, this is about disagreement. I'm just putting you guys to the test. Um, but anyway, I, I just remember sitting with my grandpa in his living room, and, and he was excited for me. He was proud of me that I was moving because it was uh, kind of a step and towards growing uh, into maturity as, a, as an adult and stuff. Um, and I, I just shared with him my concern about cat allergies. And, uh, and he, was like, he stopped me and he said, you know what? He quoted this verse to me. He said, I believe that if we pray the prayer of agreement that God's going to heal you of, the, of those allergies and it won't be a problem. This is coming from a man who doesn't believe in the gift of healing. But he believes in the power of agreement. And so he prayed with me and we both prayed and agreed that that wouldn't happen. I moved into Rachel's house, and and I'm talking big fluffy cats, like you know the kind that carry the most dander. And uh, I didn't sneeze one time for eight months. I didn't get itchy throat or anything. No signs of allergies the entire time I lived there. And and those things even sneaked into my bedroom like they do when they're not supposed to. And it still it didn't mess with me. God did a miracle on me. And he set me free, at least in that season, from cat allergies. I've, I've actually been better in a lot of ways even since then as well. But uh, my point, though, is, is that, uh, that the prayer of agreement is powerful. That, that even with somebody who would not agree that healing and miracles is, is our inheritance to walk in, uh, he didn't agree with that, but yet he believed if we would just agree before the Lord together, he'd be in our midst and he would do the thing that we're asking for. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's powerful, guys. Agreement is powerful, especially when, when we're agreeing with each other unto agreeing with the promises of God. All right. I want to go back to that verse. I'm going to read it again. Matthew 18, 19 and 20. 
Jesus said, Again I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And I want to just stop and say this, that when Jesus says, uh, if two of you agree, that word agree in the Greek is, is the word symphoneo, symphoneo. And, and the word symphoneo can mean to call out with. So that means to, to make a declaration with someone, to call out with, uh, to be in harmony, harmony, to agree and to accord. You guys remember the word accord from another amazing, important passage in Acts 1 and 2. It talks about how the 120 gathered together in one accord in the upper room and, and prayed until, until Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit fell on them. The one accord was a huge part of the Pentecost outpouring that happened and the birthing of the original church. One accord. And so the word agree, if two of you would agree in, in, on earth, that, that means to accord. And, and so, whoa, <laughs> we, we just had a mic fall. So that's the word symphoneo. And I want to ask you guys, does the word symphoneo sound similar to any other word that you could imagine? Dennis, tell us. Symphoneo. Sounds like the word symphony. And, and honestly, the word symphony actually comes from the same word as this Greek, Greek word, symphoneo. And so this, a symphony is, is the unity of sounds. Okay? And it says to be in harmony. Symphoneo means to be in harmony. So harmony would mean this. It's different musical notes that play well together simultaneously and continue to play well together in composition and progression. So that's harmony. It's, there's, there's unity working together to make a beautiful sound happen. All right. We just heard some amazing harmony today during worship time. The word chord, um, because because you got chords coming together to make a symphony and make harmony. The word chord uh, is where three or more musical tones sound together simultaneously in harmony. All right, it's it's this unity that creates beauty. It, it makes it creates beauty that is pleasant to the ear. Okay, um, and the word chord, like you string a you strum a chord on a guitar. And that word accord that I mentioned a while ago, accord, um, they actually come from the same actual word. So they, they actually come from the same meaning, okay? Um, but I want us to think about that, like harmony and symphony. Like a symphony that's actually people who are skilled is beautiful. I wouldn't want to hear a symphony for people who are not skilled because that would sound like a big mess and it, it might... Yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to say what I was getting ready to say about noises I hear upstairs sometimes because it gets crazy up there too. In a symphony, um, you've got lots of different instruments that, that, have, that create different sounds playing at the same time. You've got different notes and chords being played at the same time, but they work well together, right? And so instruments and notes are different from each other but they work in respect to each other to create a beautiful sound. 
So uh, we, we don't need to make other people us. Like, I, I don't need to create a whole bunch of Jessies in our church to have a, to have a heavenly symphony, if, if you will. We, we need to have different instruments. And I'm not, obviously, I'm talking more parabolic right now. I'm not just talking about actual music, but, but the concept of this. We don't need to have a bunch of the same instrument, and we don't need everybody to sing the same note. It can be different variations, but, but working together in unity, it creates a beautiful sound. All right? So we, we, need, to work, we need to learn how to work well together towards the same outcomes. We can celebrate our differences. I, I, you know, I, I believe that our worship team is going to grow um, over time, and I believe we're going to have drums. I believe we're going to have a bass guitar. I believe, you know, what other things do we want? We, we have keyboards, and we're going to expand that. Uh, we're, we're, we'll probably have more vocals at some point, and we'll be able to rotate teams. I, I'm believing for this and praying for it. We might have a violin. We might have a cello one day. I, I don't know what we're going to have, but as the Lord, uh, probably no kazoos. I'm not sure about tambourines yet, but we'll, we'll figure this stuff out. Harmonicas, no. I'm not going to allow harmonicas. Sorry. Or, or accordions. What's that? Bagpipes, maybe on special occasion. So, but, but we can have all these different instruments come together, and if it plays well together, it's going to be beautiful. And, and so we need to be able to celebrate our differences. Um, I, I've been enjoying um, Lorne and Angel being on the worship team. And Angel, historically, has always been like a lead vocalist in previous churches. And Lorne has played background, or sang background. And, but, sh- but they've kind of reversed roles in this season. And he's singing melodies. And she's had to, had to really push herself into singing harmonies with him, which she said was not her natural, but it's becoming a natural. And would anybody agree that when they sing together, it's actually really beautiful? And, and that's a picture of harmony coming together in unity like that. So, um, you know, singing, the, the most important thing is that we're singing the same song. All right? Because you can have somebody who thinks that, that you, they want to sing this one song and we're, let's do it together. And so one person's singing uh, No Longer Slaves and the other person's singing Amazing Grace. And like, are you, what's going on here? It, it can actually create issues, you know? like battles on the worship team. <laughs> I just remembered a YouTube video of a worship set, and this guy, play, he's a, playing the beautiful piano. Like, he probably was a top-of-the-line expert, and then there's another couple of guys. I think one of them was on a horn, and, and he was new. And, and they, they're singing that, they're playing that song. Um, oh, I forgot the song, actually. But he's getting into it, and then all of a sudden, this other guy comes in, and he starts playing it. It's like way off key. It's actually the wrong part of the song, and it's horrible. And the guy on the piano, he's like, he looks over, he throws him off, and then you, you see him like hone in as hard as he could to try to block the sound out of that guy, and he goes into his thing, and it just creates disunity, guys, and it's, it's so awkward. I hope you guys will watch that just because it's fun, but it's awkward. But when, when we're doing, like when I'm talking about music, I'm talking about song, I'm talking about symphony, instruments, all these things, I don't mean it technically for actual music. It's a picture of what unity looks like. It's a picture of what, when, when, we're, when we're believing for something together, like 
when you, when you can bring your different skills and your different anointings, your different strengths together, but you actually allow it to complement one another. You allow it to support the other one instead of trying to demand, I'm going to do it my way. But when it works together, it actually fills out something to make it really powerful and beautiful. It attracts God. Okay, Beautiful music attracts people's attention. And this attracts God's attention. Um, we, need to, we need to make sure, though, that we're coming together into the same song. Okay? And, and the song, you know, on a basic level, the song can mean that we're coming into agreement simply with what scriptures say. I, I want to believe, you know, that, that God said he's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God is my provider. And I need a breakthrough in provisions. If somebody else can believe that verse, let's, let's come together. Let's put our faith into one another. Lift it to the Lord. Energi- like energizing faith together to Him in that thing. And, and we, we've got to believe that we're, as we're releasing that from earth, that the Father in heaven um, is being moved. And that Jesus is in the midst of us to accomplish this thing. And, and then you've got you to watch expectantly how's this how's this breakthrough coming we've been seeing these things happen right here in overflow church many many times because there's a grace on those breakthroughs so basic level of coming into the same song is is agreeing on scripture together a a more mature level could be not just believing scripture together but actually sharing a, a common theology and practice of life with the things that we're believing from Scripture. So bringing the theologies and the lifestyles together into agreement actually raises the bar of what the, the power that comes on the song that we're singing with our lives together happens. And, and on a corporate level, you know, like for us, for Overflow, for example, um, it, we, we can go even farther and hone it in even, even more sharp by focusing on the vision that God's given us for the church and the mission, and the culture that we're creating, like coming into unity with the core values and the, and the specific things that we're reaching for. If we, can, if we can knit our hearts together and reach together for that, we're, we're playing a symphony that's going somewhere. You guys hear my heart on this? Great. Singing the same song in harmony will get you the breakthroughs of what you're singing for. You guys hear me? It's not just about the song. It's about it's about us going after things together. It's going on a journey together. That that if we can if we can knit ourselves one heart one mind for common outcomes, that we're going to see breakthroughs in those things as we do it. So now now we're talking about unity, but in in agreement. But what happens when there's disagreement? There, there's there's things about disagreement. Um, that, that happens, especially in areas where people are supposed to be working together. Now, it's okay if people don't agree on everything, and if somebody's not called to be together, of course they're going to be focused on different things. Not a big deal. But when God's calling people together, there needs to be that common ground, that common goals, common focuses to go for. And, and so what happens in that context when disagreements come up? What do you get, you know, when, when music becomes out of tune, there's, there's dissonance, there's confusion, and you can call it jazz. 
I knew, I knew Dennis would like that. I actually like jazz a lot, all right? I think it's great. I, I really do. But, but sometimes it gets pretty hectic. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, just being honest. Uh, but, but jazz, I'm just joking. But when music gets out of tune or it gets out of sync, like, it, cr- it creates confusion. It, it really causes problems. Nobody wants to listen to that. And, and so there, there's three ways that, can, that dis- we can respond to disagreement. And w- the first one I want to mention, there may be other ways too. I'm going to mention three. The first way to respond to disagreement is actually a bad way, and that's called strife. Strife. Um, the, the, the opposite of the word accord that we're talking about, because accord means agreement, right? The opposite of the word accord is the word discord. So if we're not in agreement, then we're actually probably causing discord. And so discord is where, uh, where unity breaks. It's, it's, where, it's where confusion comes in. It's where dissonance happens. It's, it's just, it causes problems. And there's a, there's a passage in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, that reveals how a God feels about discord. All right? I think these are important things for us to be aware of. It says this, these six things the Lord hates, all right, hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Whoa, an abomination, okay, that's kind of a big deal. Here they are, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Wow. So not only is unity important to God, but disunity actually is an abomination to him. He hates it. When people would sow discord amongst their brothers. What, what, what does that mean? It's, it means they're producing strife. It means they're producing disunity. So it, sometimes it could look, I mean, there's various ways it could look, but if somebody has a hardened heart or they become offended and, and about something that they need to be in unity with somebody, and then they share that offense with other people, that can actually spread their offense into somebody else because maybe that person... Um, was like, whoa, I didn't know that about them. Oh, man, maybe I need to take a look and see if I think that that problem is really there. And then, and then people start embracing somebody else's offense, and it starts spreading. And what it does, it, it sows discord among brothers. So disunity, there, it sows seeds of bitterness. These things are actually, um, they're actually the fruits of Satan. And, and the, the, probably the most important um, weapon that Satan has against the body of Christ is to sow discord, to, to drive a wedge between people who, who God's trying to bring together because God knows that unity creates a, a landing pad for heaven to come crash through the second heaven and land on the earth through us. Okay? Unity is huge. And so if the enemy can get somebody offended, and, and, and then they start talking about it, and they don't resolve it in their hearts, then it sows discord, and it actually starts creating rifts uh, into the unity 
and, and God's looking at this, and his heart's breaking, and he's, it actually says he hates it. It's an abomination because he's actually watching his family fall apart, and he needs his family. He needs his family to be habitations together in unity with him because where two or three or more are gathered in his name, in unity, in, in one accord, in harmony, in symphoneo, that's where he can be in the midst of them corporately on this earth. Isn't that crazy? It's an abomination because he sees his, his, his home falling apart. It spreads toxicity and, and, the, and the, it breaks the Lord's heart. So, so discord is a major unity buster. All right? Now, what are, what are other ways that, we, that can, we can respond to with disagreement? Another one that's a bad way, too, is it's not just discord, but it would be to abandon our brothers or sisters. And, and often when people either get offended or they, uh, they, they run into some kind of a challenge that makes them have to make a decision, do I want to deal with this? Or do I want to avoid it because it's uncomfortable? A lot of times people take the easy way out, which is let me just get away from this thing so I don't have to face that I've got something I need to work through. And in and, and John 10, Jesus is talking about a good shepherd who loves the sheep and, and a hired hand, or he also calls them a hireling. And that person's with the sheep, but he doesn't actually... Uh, care for the longevity of relationship with the sheep. In John 10, 13, Jesus said, the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. And so abandonment is a way that pe some people would choose to deal with disagreement because they don't have the, they don't have the, the humility in their hearts to decide to lay their life down for their brother or sister and actually work through the problem to get it resolved. How many of you guys think that discord or abandonment are God's will for our lives? Neither one. Now there's a third way to respond when there's disagreement that I want to mention, and this is the good way. It's to be able to look at this as a growth opportunity. It's a growth opportunity. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And I, I didn't really have a strong grid for that verse until I moved to Tennessee and started really getting some close buddies in my life. And, and we talked about having what we call covenant comrades. And like, it's awesome to have people that you're tight with when everything's going great and you're both excited about the same things. And, and, and it's all fun. But, but where it actually gets tested is when you start rubbing each other the wrong way. And whether it's through disagreements or whether it's through um, just annoying uh, habits that we wish the other person could overcome. <laughs> I mean, we don't have any habits we need to overcome, just they do, right? Uh, but iron sharpens iron, and so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And the, and the Lord actually wants us to receive the invitation when, when we're with people that, that maybe they're not making us feel super comfortable in how, how we want things to go, that maybe that's actually an opportunity to push into it more instead of to try to avoid it. Because pushing in 
That, that's where the, the rough edges on, on iron, it grinds each other, and the grind is no fun, but, the, but it actually creates a sharp edge on, the, on a sword or a knife. Like, if you want to have a sharp knife, you've got to grind off all the burrs and the, the rough spots. And so iron sharpens iron. It actually, it actually is intended, even though it's rough in the moment, to make you better. And the Lord uses those things. It, it, it's an opportunity to work through the friction and to find a kind of an unconditional love. Unconditional love that says, I'm going to love this person despite how they're making me feel right now. A, a love that fights for the relationship, even at the expense of, of not being able to protect your own right, to not have to bend yourself for someone else. You guys doing all right? Yeah. Agreement and unity means you have to push into one another even when it's not comfy. Okay? That's how we grow and mature. A true relationship can only really be proven through the testings of how we handle our offenses. So, so unity and, and coming into agreement, it actually isn't simply saying, yeah, you, you want that? I'll pray with you. I believe God wants to do that. And then, and then pray. Like, yes, on a basic level, but, but the depth of what Jesus is trying to do here is actually forge um, not just a unified prayer, but actually unified friendships and unified relationships. And so pushing through the, the rough grind, the, the annoyances and the pains, and even sometimes the offenses, and saying, I'm not going to let these things stop me from loving you, and it's not going to stop me from being willing to actually take a look at myself and see if I need to bend towards you more, as I need you to bend towards me more, all right? So pushing through and working through things actually helps us get refined, and it deepens us, and it forges a depth, all right? You guys with me? You sure? <laughs> all right. I want to take a few minutes and, and talk about how, how this is even applied in, in my marriage with Jessica. Um, <clears throat> we've been married, we're, we're going on, what, 16 years, I think? 16 years in next May. So uh, w one of the things that Jessica and I uh, agreed to when we, even before we got married, is we will never make major decisions of life without us both being in agreement on it first. And so any time that we needed to make a major decision, and, and even medium and sometimes even small decisions, like uh, if we have to spend you know, a little chunk of money, like we always make sure that the other person's okay with it first. Um, we, we, we realized early on that, uh, that we have yielded our entitlements to one another and, and not just protecting them for ourselves. Because Jesus said that when two come together, they're one. All right, so, so God has helped us to realize, and of course this has deepened over the years, but uh, that God values our covenant with one another above even our promises that he's given us. And that might be a hard one for some, some people to swallow, but uh, with Jessica and me, uh, she's sitting right over there, and uh, pray for me that this is going to be awesome. We have taken many different personality tests, 
And I just want to say that I think it's probably been 100% of all those tests. We usually rank pretty much complete opposites of each other in every way. And uh, it's been interesting to see that that's pretty consistent uh, no matter what it is we do. Um, a lot of times people want to marry somebody who everything's all the same. It's like I'm marrying myself in the opposite sex body and awesome, we're going to just have a fun time all the time. And that's just not always how God does it. Could I hear an amen? amen. <laughs> One of my strengths that God's wired me as is, uh, is that I, I tend to be a visionary. I'm a future thinker. I'm a, I want to see something and I want to go towards it and accomplish it. And when we get there, I'm already looking to the next thing because I feel like God's given us destiny that we need to go after. And, and Jessica, um, for the most of the time I've known her, visionary is probably not her strong suit. Um, I'd say that I've seen a lot more of that in her in, in recent years, actually, with this church plant. But in general, visionary is something I'm strong in. And she tends to not be a visionary, but more of an implementer. And so... Um, which is cool, because an implementer means they're not they're not looking for the next thing to do. They're looking at what's at hand now and how can I do this well? How can I do it with excellence until it's complete? And so for me, where I want to go out and get things done, I'm always reaching for the next thing. She's always wanting to to stay with what we've said yes to and do it till it's done. And so what that's done is it's actually created a lot of friction <laughs> a lot of tension between us because I'm like let's go let's go let's go and she's like let's stay and let's do it well and I'm trying to go and I feel like she sometimes I feel like she's an anchor that that doesn't allow me to do something and so I'd be frustrated with her and but but where she's like man we still have so much we can do to make this better and she feels like I'm trying to pull her away from it and she's like sit here and she feels like I'm trying to get her out of this thing that she's trying to do. And if you could prophetically view our personality types like a vehicle, I would say that I, I'd probably would see myself as like a, a dirt bike. And I mean an awesome one, by the way. Awesome dirt bike. <laughs> I've never driven one in my life, but that's how I'd see myself. <laughs> dirt bikes are fast. They're, they're all terrain. There's no limits. They, they can go between vehicles and scoot around them and get way ahead. And they, they have a lot of acceleration. And, and they're amazing. And they'll, they'll get from point A to point B faster than any, any car. Uh, but, but also, on the bike, you're driving it alone. And so, so it's, it's got its cool facets, but it's also alone. And I've never said this to her, so I'm, curious, I'm going to be looking out of the corner of my eye here. I would say that in vehicles... I could probably say that she'd probably be more similar to like a mail truck, <laughs> okay? I'll talk about me like a dirt bike, and she'd be like a, like a mailman vehicle. I don't know what you call those things, mail van or whatever. And, and here's why I'd say that, because a mail van is on a routine route, and it stays close to the common areas, and it's, but it's really detail-focused, and it's making sure that everything's getting done just right, and it stops here and then it stops there, and then it stops there. And, and also, uh, mail trucks are super important, important right? Like we, we all need the mail except for those spam things and our bills. We don't want those. But, but we want the nice letters and all that. But the thing about a mail truck, too, is, is it's, they're driving alone. 
And so where, where I would try to be a dirt bike and she'd maybe try to be the mail truck. And it's like, that's great when you're single, but we're married. And, and so the way that we function creates a tension when we're trying to stay in our own thing and not honoring what the other one is. Does that make sense? And so where I felt like she would hold me back from my dreams and my callings, uh, she felt like I didn't want to complete anything with excellence. Um, we, and we both thought the other person was wrong. And let me tell you, I was right about that. No, I'm just kidding. No, we were both wrong. Um, but God took several years, though, to help us to start learning that, that actually it wasn't that she was in. He didn't create her in this way to be an anchor to me. And he didn't create me in this way um, to, to try to, you know, pull her out of completion of things. Uh, that God actually designed us this way intentionally. And when we could start learning how to recognize each other's things as strength, as a gift of God, like we could realize, wow, I, I actually need that thing that she's got to help me. Like instead of me just getting to something, we're going to get to it having a lot of, a lot of substance. To, when we get there, we will have accomplished a lot by the time we get to that place. Does that make sense? And, and for her, like, where she, she could potentially get stuck and, and not move forward into a new season. And so she needed me to help us keep moving in a direction. But what we've actually found is that um, when we learn how to honor one another's strengths, that the, each other's strengths actually helps cover our own weaknesses. And the Lord gifted us that to, to help us become more of a complete, holistic um, powerhouse together, I feel. You know, and uh, you know, and I, I think that what something that the Lord's taught me through this is God's speed and, and progress is not what my speed was, but it's also not what her speed was. But may, but probably God's speed generally happens to be the average of both of our speeds as we work together where I'm going and she's going. But together, like it's more like this, like. That's actually the speed that God intended things to be, and he crafted that with, you know, to be more perfect in that way. You guys follow me with that? And so together, um, the, as, we, as we've learned, and, and we're still learning in some ways how to unite and honor each other in this way, I would say that uh, together, probably the, the vehicle that I feel like we actually look like will be an army tank. An army tank. An army tank is a lot slower than a dirt bike. But I'll tell you what, it steadily moves forward, and there's nothing that can stop it, no matter how hard it tries. And if it tries, it gets crushed. And, and it gets to where it needs to go, and it, can, and it maintains a constant momentum to get where it needs to go. All right? And so it's kind of like the compromise of giving up the speed to, to have constant momentum and, and constant progress. You guys hear my heart on that? And, and that's awesome. I'd, I'd rather be an army tank than a dirt bike if I can have Jessica in the army tank with me. So way to go, my soldier wife. <laughs> and so uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be wrapping up here shortly. But one, one way that this is actually um, contextualized in our lives was when I was a, a pastor at BSSM, I was there for, I did that for three years. And during that whole time, and even the years prior to that, 
we were praying, Lord, when are you going to send us out of Reading so that we can pioneer and do the things that you've called us to do? And I, being the visionary, I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And there was, there was a point in time when we felt like it was going to happen. But there came a point when I started realizing that Jessica um, had this inner thing going on with her that I didn't realize before, that, uh, that she felt like I loved my calling and my dreams and visions more than I loved her. <laughs> I'll pause right there because I feel like this is probably something that a lot of couples experience and maybe don't even know it. That she, she actually needed to see if I was willing to put her before my dreams. And when, when the Lord revealed that to me, that was something she dealt with probably for years, but I didn't know it. And when I realized that, God convicted in my heart, and he reminded me what I said earlier, that God values covenant more than the fulfillment of his promises. You see, when Jesus said, when two or three come together on earth praying that my Father will, will do it, if they come together in my name, I'll be in the midst. He's focusing a lot more on that coming together in the agreeing part before that great thing lands from heaven to earth. So he needs to see the hearts are knitted. He needs to see that there's unity. He needs to see that there's a, a love for one another despite differences before he can entrust the weight of the powerful things he's bringing on them. He needs to know that we can together can shoulder the weight by being held together, all right? Because he wants to bring big things. He needs to know we can sustain it. That can only happen through unity. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. And so I, I, actually, um, I actually went to Jessica after, after the Lord showed me that. And I was like, hey, I, I want to repent to you. I realize that I, that I have been pursuing my calling more than I've been pursuing your heart. And I, I'm actually willing to lay that dream down. And I, I laid it down on the altar, similar to how a Abraham laid down Isaac on the altar, who was his promise, because he wanted to make sure that the, the right relationship was there, the right heart. He was willing to lay his dream down, not knowing what would happen of it. I laid this down, and I said, Jessica, I, I can be a revival group pastor indefinitely. I, I don't need to leave here. Um, I'm, I'm going to choose to put our family first, and, and we'll, we'll make sure that the priorities are in the right place. And then I'll trust the Lord that if he still wants to make those things happen, it'll happen in the right time. But you need to know you're, you come before the dream. Okay? Jessica? Yeah. Can, you, can you amen that, or am I way off here? Because <laughs> I just said that in front of a live camera. All right. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, a time came, though, and a different season came. She, she knew. And, and I'll tell you what, guys, like, I, I'm not even going to let this church plant come before my family and I've tried to protect that as good as I can, and I will continue to. I'm, there's seasons where things flux, but um, my family first. And let me tell you this, unity first before us try to do all the explosive big things that we feel like God's called us to do. We won't be able to accomplish those things 
that God's promised us, the revival, the outpouring, the, the reach out to the region, all those things. Uh, I believe those are a part of our inheritance and our destiny. But if we can't have the, the heart connection and the unity, the agreement together, and it takes time, it takes forging that, it takes going into depth in the hearts, and it takes pushing past the differences, it takes pushing past the rough edges that as the Lord forges this kind of unified agreement relationship with each other and he sees two or three or more together in his name, in his name, in agreement, not just passive agreement, but we're putting ourselves into this by faith together, aligning with his will. We're going to see the father move on our behalf and he'll bring, he'll move heaven and he'll release it. He'll crash through in our midst. I believe it. But this is a value system of heaven. And if there's discord in anybody's heart or actions, that these are things that are an abomination to the Lord. He hates it. I'm not saying he hates the person. He hates the rift. He hates the brokenness in the family. And he wants to restore it. And often that comes through repentance. Often it comes through a realignment. Often it comes through saying, I will push past our differences because I value you more than my right to feel this way. And when we can forge that kind of unity, it creates a place for grace from heaven to land on us. And that's where the breakthroughs come. Amen. So I'm going to wrap up with these thoughts. Agreement includes aiming at the same desired result. Agreement includes working through our differences and remembering that honor is proven when it gets tested. Agreement includes pursuing God's promises in the context of community, which community means communal unity. It's not just hanging out. Community is communal unity. I'm going I'm to read the verse again, Matthew 18, 19 through 20. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven, where two or three are gathered together in my name. I am there in the midst of them. This is such a key verse for where God's taken us as a church and the promises that he's given to us. So in agreement, we need to go after the same desired results. We need to go after the kingdom promises together, scriptural promises, prophetic promises, the vision of our church. We need to go after these in unity. We need to work through our differences, crush through discord and strife, press into one another, remembering that iron sharpens iron. In agreement, we need to know that communal unity is, we need to use that to press towards the fulfillment of God's promises. Ooh.